2: What's up, hockey fans, and welcome to Marty's Illegal Stick, episode number 97, here on the Sports History Network. Uh, we, I'm Scott Kimball, and man, we got a great show lined up. This is going to be so much fun, because it's award season. Yes, before the playoffs start, we decide we're going to get those, those pesky awards out of the way, and to help us do that, as always, our, uh, our faithful companions here on this crazy hockey trip, first of all, Mr. Chris Mazzotti. Chris, how are you?
0: Hey, hanging in there.
2: Hanging in there? Well, good because we got a lot of work to do today.
0: That's good. We'll- Wearing my Florida shirt, nice much like, uh, like much like Florida, this shirt is uh, tattered and battered at this time of the year, but it's hanging in there.
1: <laughs> when I played, when I played for Team Chile, um, there was a uh, we played at the Panthers Practice Arena in the uh, Latam Cup, and I have so much Panthers stuff now. They're not, I don't believe in second teams, but I love the Panthers. You know, just for hosting I- that I- tournament.
2: I tell you you know it's, it's too bad with the Panthers I mean I they're a cool team they really are.
1: I mean I've said this a thousand times though I just don't know if they're in the right market but you know, you, you're on honestly I will say they have such support overseas and in South America and Latin America um, that they they are in the right market they, they yeah. are it's just unfortunately all their fans are not in their market. <laughs>
2: Well, that's but that's what I mean. I mean, if you you know look at games. I mean, last season, you know, they were they were good, so more fans showed up. But for the longest time, you look at their home arena, and the place is basically empty. You know, I know.
0: Not when the Rangers play there. Yeah, right. (laughs) Because
1: the Rangers (laughs) fans live in Miami because they're retired and archaic and old.
2: The snowbirds.
1: Yeah, you got snowbirds.
2: Yeah, and that other voice you've been hearing uh, is our Beer beer League All-Star himself, uh, Mr. Stefaniak. And I thank you for getting out of bed early to join us. You know,
1: um, sacrifices must be made. Um, It's award season, and I come out in full. Um, I put my vote in for Brendan Fraser to win Best Actor, and uh, (laughs) I I got more votes for this one. Oh, well, there you go.
0: I got a question. How much beer do you have to drink to be an All-Star?
1: I, I I quit drinking. Okay. Uh, in all honesty, I don't uh, I don't drink anymore. I was getting uh, I was getting bad, so I decided to stop. Um, but with that being said, I uh, had the best season statistically in, in 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 our B league. So I'm a beer league all star.
0: So you're as retired as well. beer league.
1: Well, I'm retired <laughs> beer, but I'm still in the league. I yeah. got
0: gotcha. you. If you can so figure that out, it's like one of those. Uh, Chris proger situations. Yeah. You're, not, you're in the Hall of Fame, but you're still under contract. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> well, fellas, I'll tell you what. We got a lot of work to do here, so why don't we just jump right into this thing? All right. And I'm going to – you know what? I'm going to start off with the easy one because I think this award is basically going to be the low-hanging fruit, basically. Uh, it's the Hart Trophy, uh, league MVP. Uh, we'll go over the nominees, even though, by the way, these are just a nominees that we come up with. They, there is no official word out yet, as far as I know. As no, there's who's gonna nothing be, yet. These going to be the nominees for the show. So it'll be interesting to see when they do come out just how close we were. But anyways, the ones that we came up with are number one, of course, Connor McDavid, 78 games played, 62 goals, 85 assists for 147 points. You got Linus Allmark, the goaltender from the Boston Bruins. Uh, He's having a heck of a season. He has, let's see, won 38 games, lost six. He's got one overtime loss, uh, 937 save percentage to go along with a 1.90 goals against average and two shutouts. And then the other one I threw in just for you, Ed, because you're such a big Florida Panthers fan now, Matt Tuchuk. 75 games played, 39 goals, 64 assists for 103 points. What do you guys think about those nominees? Is there anybody else that we left out?
1: Uh, honestly, uh, I don't think anyone we left out. Um, if there could be a fourth nominee, and I know I'm going to be an ultra homer, just just call me Jack Edwards for saying this, but Pasternak's having a hell of a year. Yeah, he is. I actually
2: uh, thought I'm, about
1: that. I, I I think having two Bruins in there would be uh, would yeah. be a little bit too much. Kind of like throwing uh, what's what's his name, uh, Dry Sidolin with McDavid. But, That's
2: exactly it <laughs> yeah, Exactly, um, you look at the, those stat lines And it's like, you know, dry settle deserves to be considered So
1: does Pasternak But you gotta spread the wealth a little bit, right? Yeah um, I, I have my beliefs on the Hart Trophy And it should be who's most valuable to their team uh, But I understand that sometimes Sometimes one The one-man one pony show That is Connor McDavid is just too much to overlook So, honestly Connor McDavid
2: Yeah <laughs> Yeah, how about you, Mazzotti?
0: Well, here's my thing with McDavid. I feel like he gets – the, the, the trophy is, like Ed said, the player most valuable to their team. Now, obviously, McDavid's very valuable, but he's got dry sidle. I feel like that waters down his valuability a little bit. Whereas, like, honestly, I, I, I was going to jump on Ed's bandwagon there. I think it's or not. I don't think there's a player in this league that's been more valuable to his team than Pasternak, except maybe one, and that's Jason Robertson. Oh, Where are the oh. Dallas Stars without Jason Robertson? They're dead are running. they even in a playoff position? No. Like, probably no. not. The kid's got 101 points. I mean, the top of this list is ridiculous because McDavid obviously is far and ahead away from everybody, 147 points. Strider seidel has got 123. Forget Kucherov's is still kicking around at 106. Uh, then it's posture knocking to Chuck at 103, and Robertson at 101. But in, if I had to look at that list of guys, I would say Robertson's the most valuable one. They're not going anywhere. On maybe Kachuk, those two have about the similar value to their teams. I think.
2: I, yeah, that's I that's really so interesting. Much. Actually,
1: I, that uh, is Robertson. Blew my mind. I totally forgot about him. And you know what? That's because he's a Dallas star. If he was like, if he was a Ranger or in any other, you know, team. West, East Coast bias. Yeah. North East, Northeast bias. Yeah. yeah. Then yeah, I, I would, I would definitely say he's a, a, a shoe in for Hart Trophy. But man, you're right. You're absolutely right. Dallas would be nothing without Jason Robertson. Sagan Sagan's unreliable with his with his injuries. Ben's unreliable with his age. Jason Robertson is that is the oh that's a that really team. good call, Masadi. Actually, that's and
0: Ben's call. had a good year.
1: Ben I mean, did. I know
0: people have been down on Ben, but he's had actually a pretty good year. Um, but Robertson's just especially that first half of the season, he was just blowing people away. you yeah. know?
1: yeah, he was keeping up with McDavid for a while. Yeah. You know what's interesting?
2: I'm looking at it right now, and I know plus minus doesn't mean anything in this league anymore because of advanced analytics and and all that, which to me, I mean, listen, analytics are a tool. I don't think that every decision in hockey should be based upon analytics, mainly because I still don't understand a lot of it. but, (laughs) But I'll be the first one to tell you a lot of it's still above my head. And, yes, I know plus minus can get skewed very easily. I understand that part. But in looking at these numbers, and Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, and even Ryan Nugent-Hopkins, who, believe it or not, is the 8th leading scorer in the league this year as well. They're plus-minus. So McDavid is plus-18. Dreisaitl is plus-6. And let's see, Nugent-Hopkins is plus-8. So if you want to be in the most valuable player conversation and you're putting up 147 points, I got to tell you, I would expect you to be on the ice a heck of a lot more than 18 times than what your team gave up. Yes, I understand that's a byproduct of a bad defensive team. I get it. But still, there, there's something to be said for that, that if you're going to put up those, you know, Gretzky-like numbers, so to speak, I would think that you had – you better not be giving up as many goals. What do you guys think about that?
0: Well, in the plus-minus category, in the top ten and plus-minus right now, five of those players are from Boston. Five. The leader being Matt Grizzly. Yeah, I, I love him. Um, yeah. The only one that is in heart contention, which is in the top 10, uh, would be Robertson. He's number seven, and number 10, Pasternak. Yeah. So, you know, if you're talking about valuability there, right again, Robertson proves it right there. He's yeah. scoring the goals, and he's also playing better defensively. The McDavid and Sidle and Kucherov.
1: Oh yeah. So like with Robertson, I, Jason Robertson really is. He wins faceoffs when he when he has to. Um, just overall, just a good good player. Good player. Yeah. He can play all sides of the ice. Just un, undeniably, just uh, just the, the the heart of that team. You know, I think at the end of the day, when
2: you're comparing apples and or, or apples to apples and you look at this whole thing, we can probably nitpick apart everybody's game if we really wanted to, but it's awful hard to vote against the center as opposed to a wing when all things are, are relative, right? Because, let's face it, on the ice, the center has more responsibility. The center has more face-off responsibility. The center has more defensive responsibility, and that's not taken away from the wing. That's just facts. Yeah, So. I, I think obviously, and you know what's going to happen come award season, McDavid's going to run away with this award. I'll be surprised yeah. if anybody gets uh, uh, any other first place as McDavid. To be honest with you,
0: and they hardly <laughs> ever give it to a
1: goalie. Hardly right. ever. I threw When's that last...
2: just because I thought that was interesting.
1: When was Jose Theodore the last goaltender I... to win the hurt? Or was it Carey Price? It was Carey Price. It was it Carey Price? Yeah, I knew it was a Canadian? I just yeah, don't know. It was Carey Price. So
2: with that being said, those are all great arguments. And I'm not convinced that, you know, I mean, listen, Connor McDavid's a great player. He's phenomenal. It's going but to be I'm Connor also, McDavid. But... I'm also just kind of, there to me, there's there's things about Connor McDavid that, you know what, not for nothing too. You look at Edmonton, and, and again, I don't want to go on a rant or anything like that. One of these guys going to start winning something, right? Because for seven seasons now, all we've heard about is Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Conor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, what do they have? One conference finals appearance to show for They've never even been to the Stanley Cup final.
1: So if you're
2: you're going to be the second coming of hockey gods or whatever, you would think that after seven years, even as bad a defensively that that team has been, something would get.
0: Yeah, seven years. Can you believe that? Like. How about, how about Austin Matthews on the same regard? like These yep. guys are supposed to be superstars of the league. They haven't even won a round. Like... I, was,
2: I was doing some research for this, this whole heart thing, and I was looking for Austin Matthews. I'm like, where is he? he was, he's 22nd in the league in scoring. I understand he missed a few games. He's only played 70 games, but he has had a wicked off here. I mean, it's funny to say he's got 80 points. And he's having an off year.
0: Yeah, it's but, terrible. Uh, not off, right, <laughs>
2: well, Matthew standards. You know, he's got well, he's got 38 goals and 42 assists. That's believe me, that's nothing. <sighs> to sneeze at get out watch?
1: with Bieber too much. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, guys, I want to ask you a question too about Connor McDavid while we're talking about him. So, last week there was—I don't know if you saw it or not—there was a questionable hit in the Edmonton L.A. game up in Edmonton where McDavid basically buried Kings defenseman Mike, uh, Mike Anderson, hit him from behind into the boards, followed him basically like a bag. Uh, he got a two-minute penalty, and Anderson has been out of action since. So, number one, do you think uh, Connor McDavid got a break
1: because of who he is? Yeah. And let me ask you this. Is Connor McDavid a dirty player? He has Showing flashes of dirtiness, he's had that five thousand dollar fine in the past, where he just had a flying elbow right into somebody's just nose. Um, he 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 shows he shows his frustration through dirty plays. Um, he doesn't do knee on knee or foot or anything like that, but he will take questionable hits. But he also can get he receives a lot of questionable hits. So I, I'm not saying it evens out, but his frustration, he definitely shows it a lot more, especially as of late. Um, he definitely got a break because he's Connor McDavid, though. Because if it was anybody else that isn't in heart contention, if it was right. hypothetical, if it was Michael Bunting that did it, Michael Bunting, right. got five, we got in five games. Because that's
2: kind of the standard in the NHL, right? If somebody gets injured, that's when the Department of Player Safety starts looking at it. Yeah, which right or wrong, because I mean, I'm honestly it shouldn't be that you have to go to the hospital to get a you know get a disciplinary hearing <laughs> against somebody. I mean, that's yeah, that's the way it is in the NHL. Uh, Who did he hit? He hit Mikey Anderson, defenseman for the Kings, and it was blatant right from behind. And you know, there are some that are defending. Him. They say, well, he didn't drive him into the boards, and it's like. He hit him from behind, and he went flying face first into the glass, and the and like he went down. He, he tried. Did he to leave his feet? Of, did he leave? Did he leave his feet?
0: Yeah, did Connor leave his feet or leave he, the uh, ice surface.
2: It didn't really look like he jumped. Instead, he just kind of drove him in from behind with the old two hand cross check.
0: Yeah, I just saw uh, it. That's a two. I would say it's a two. To I'd watch, say he got what he got. No, two Early. two minutes. Yeah, even
2: even he, with an injury.
0: Listen, it, what he did what it, was it a hockey play? He does kind of hold up. He didn't come at full speed. Um, so I would say you know, being that he kind of held up, even though he still hit the guy. In the numbers into the glass, which they're trying to get rid of. Um, if I, I didn't see it as a five now, they could have called it a five and reviewed it for it, but if they say it's not a five after they review it, I believe it's not a penalty at all, right? They can't lower it to a two, can they? Yeah,
1: they can. Yeah, they can. They can, they yeah. can, lower well, then
0: they, they should have probably did that to just to be safe to look at it. I, I I don't think the refs are in that mindset. I think hopefully with some of these refs that are retiring, that they might get into that mindset a little more, not like all the time. Every penalty we call the major. So we take a 10 minute review to see what it really was. But in an instance like that, where, you know, the guy gets hit in the numbers into the glass, he goes down. It's probably not a bad idea to review that, you know? And just I, call it a five, and, I, and take a
1: look. I think any questionable hit from behind, slew foot, knee on knee, should be defaulted to that. You know, just to just to see the intent. Um, you know, high stickings and hookings and any any real realistic, like just you know, two minute penalties. Nah, you no, know, you can't review everything. But if it's a if it's a hit from behind. I mean, definitely, definitely see if the player turned into it.
0: TJ here's Yoshi that. crushed Lindgren in the numbers in the wall at center ice, but it was in the numbers. He came across the ice to do it. Lindgren's played one game since, and there wasn't even a two minute on that one. Here's so
1: that there's been inconsistencies.
2: If a whole lot say, this let's, year, let's just say the role's reversed. What if Mikey Anderson had done that to Connor McDavid?
1: Uh, Mikey Anderson, Connor McDavid because we... is
2: out since since last week because of the hit. Anderson only gets two minutes, and that's it. You don't think that people wouldn't be completely up in arms right now about how yeah. the NHL doesn't protect its players and the NHL doesn't care? It only wants violence, right? Could you the imagine Edmund-
1: the backlash? The Edmonton Mafia would be looking for it. Would have been LA insane. Right
2: exactly. So. To me, if you're gonna if you're gonna do if you're gonna call it one way, you got to call it for everybody. And and yes, I've heard all about how well Connor gets hit too. And counter to the yeah, I understand it because you know who else we heard all that about Sidney Crosby, because it was the excuse for when Sidney Crosby hacked Mark Mathis' finger off. Remember that? That was the excuse. He, well, he gets hit with dirty hits too. Okay, fine,
1: whatever. Oh, we just saw Bye, awesome. Mazzotti. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll be uh, You pissed off, Mister. Yeah, I know. He just left I, us. You're right, you're right. <laughs> so no, I agree, but though. you know what?
2: And honestly, I'm going to tell you something, Ed. I don't even really have a major problem with him not getting suspended or anything like that. I, I don't. You know what? It is what it is, and it happened. You know what my problem is? I watched the, the the Kings game last night. The Kings against the Oilers. They had the rematch in LA, and I understand you're in a tight playoff spot. You're battling with each other. Not one response from the Kings. Yeah, you gotta respond. You know, it doesn't have to be on David. No, it but you, to you gotta you gotta send the you message gotta, that, you gotta, you gotta go. We're you, not gotta go take for this. Nurse.
1: you gotta you gotta run the goalie a couple times. You gotta I mean,
2: I'm not saying even hurt somebody, but I'm just saying no, that but you, you, you don't have you, to hurt anybody. What I'm saying <laughs> is is you gotta get the the message back that you yeah. know what we're not gonna take this.
1: Zadi, oh. you hated being in the top right so much that you just <laughs> left to give a comeback.
0: You know, apparently, apparently, apparently the fine folks at Spectrum decided to shut off my internet. <laughs> so I'm coming, I'm coming to you uh, live AT&T uh, 5G. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, so one more thing with McDavid, then we'll move on. Outside of Connor McDavid, who is the best player in the NHL? Right now? Right now.
1: Are we talking most valuable to their who would you, team? Who would you rather or... have? Who would I ra- – I mean, right now, Linus Hallmark. Hmm.
2: Interesting. I mean,
1: well, you got to think, you know, that the record speak for itself, and a lot of it has to do with the Bruins in front of them. Well, we're going to uh, talk about that in just a minute, too.
0: So. I bet Conor McDavid wishes he had Linus Hallmark right now.
1: <laughs> I bet Conor McDavid wishes he had a
2: shooter-tutor right now. Even though that, that Stuart Skinner hasn't been bad.
1: No, you know, he hasn't. No. Been bad at all. But he's—he wasn't supposed to be the guy. <laughs> yeah. They spent all this money on Campbell. Jack Campbell. He's yeah. too busy feeding his cats.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Jack you, Campbell
0: somebody? making Jack Campbell making backup goalie look great for five straight years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How about me? Is what? Well? Who
2: would you outside of Conor McDavid? Who would you want on your team? I mean... Like anybody in the
0: league? Man, I like Pasternak. Yeah, I, I really do like Pasternak. Do. I do like Pasternak. Yeah. You know, yeah. Pasternak, every time I think, like, this guy doesn't have an angle, he doesn't have a shot, he roofs it over the goalie's shoulder by two inches on the goal line, and it's like, come on, man. Like, this is not even fair. <laughs> like, like, some of the goals he oh. scores are like... How the F And like, <laughs> it's, it's it's really, it's it's really crazy to me, like how how many goals he gets that are like just mystery, like seeing eye pucks. Um, can we just, you know, he could hit. He's fast. He he never gives up. That's what I like about Pasternak. He doesn't give up on a play. The whole the rest of his line could go to the bench, and he'll just keep going with the puck and doing what he can do. Like I like a player like that. He's got a ton of heart. Yeah,
1: and absolutely. can I can I just say this one thing about Pasternak? And it's it, that the that he has such a personality, and the league just misses out on marketing him over yeah. and over again. I love those Duncan commercials. That he was doing. Uh, those the, are great. Dunkin' when the, what was it? The game in Lake Tahoe where he's just like in an interview with his with his pit viper glasses on. He's like, "They're playing Barbie Girl. I want to get in and listen." He just has such a personality. I love him. <laughs> Ah, you're right.
2: You're so right. Okay. Speaking of the Bruins, let's go on to the Vezina then, shall we? The Vezina, I think this was be... kind of a runner. I don't know about that. Uh, the Vezina trophy, <laughs> the three candidates they came up with, of course, Linus Allmark. Linus Allmark is 38, 6, and 1. Uh, we just mentioned all this. Uh, same percentage of 937 and a GAA of 190. Uh, Alexander Georgiev, a familiar name to you, Mazzotti. He is 36, 16, and 5. Got a 919 save percentage and a 2.54 GAA. And the other one that I came up with, and again, feel free to add to this list Connor Hellebuck, 34 24 and 2. He has a 918 save percentage, a
1: 2.56 GAA. What say you, gentlemen? I think I'll mark by a landslide. Nothing against the other two, um, but the statistics are just, the numbers are there for. For all Mark with that goals against average and save percentage, it's a it's he's you know far and above statistically the better goalie. It does a lot, and again, does a lot of it have to do with the Bruins' defense and and what the what he has in front of him. Probably you you don't have successful goaltenders. Goaltenders don't win on their own. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say, and it's. But when you put up those those numbers, he had a sub-1 goals against average for like most of the season. He had like a not .98 up until the All-Star break, which is insane. You know my problem
2: with Lena Solmark is? He's not An a kid. No, no, no. An NHL team plays 82 games in a season. Our season is just about over. <coughs> you know how many games he started? 46. That is just above 50% of his team's games, right? Now, the, the numbers are phenomenal. But look at some of these other guys in that same category. So, you got Gordon Gavis who started 57. Connor Holabuck started 60. Uh, even looking down the list, like Andre Bezolevski's 58. UC Sorrels 59. Uh, these guys have played much more than Allmark has. And that's not Allmark's fault. But if you... What I'm trying to say to you is if Allmark had played the same amount of games as these guys, would those numbers be as spectacular? Because you're now running into the chance
1: that he goes cold and those numbers blow up. Right? That's that's a possibility. Um I mean also you, you, you gotta gotta look at Bruin's management here and sit there and say, Wow, they got a one A and a one B. Oh, no doubt. Oh, believe me, that, that's and an ideal
2: situation. Absolutely Yeah.
1: So it's not really on Gorgia or on uh, Allmark, but you know you could also you could also throw it the other way around and say, well, if they only have one goaltender and that one goaltender goes down, where are they? Um, but in the in the sake of the Vesna, it, it's hard to go against in my eyes. It was four, 46 games is nothing to slouch at. He still have five more games, and I'm sure he's going to start three of them.
2: Okay, so that'll bring him to forty
1: nine. Mazadi, what do you think?
0: I mean, I think it's all Mark by a landslide. Um, I'd probably say they, the, uh, you know, the backup uh, votes probably go to like Hellebuck. I don't know how much Ev gets. I mean his his GAA is a two five four. Right. You know, it's not really. It's kind of high for a Vesna trophy, uh, whereas like. I mean, every, every goalie's had a rough year as far as that. But I mean, even Sorokin's only a, a 2.4, you know. Um, and Sorokin's got five shutouts this year. You know, that's that a. Game,
2: though.
0: Yeah, he does. He does. But I don't know. It seems like I feel like those five shutouts in, in L.A., you know or in uh, Colorado, you know, it's it's not quite the same as having five shutouts on Long Island to me just because of the competition. Because, you know, let's uh, face it, the competition good. in the West has not been the same as the competition in the East this year. Um, yeah. And uh, I think Hellebuck's had a hell of a year. I think he's he's really underrated. Uh, again, player most valuable to his team Probably Hallibuck. <laughs> the, the Jets probably aren't even in any type Never. of playoff conversation without him. Right. Um, so, you know, uh, former winner Shostakins haven't. You know, he turned it around, but he had a rough start to the year, especially with like how many goals were going in each game. Even though he got some victories there that were that weren't. You know, he was letting in four goals a game there for a while. Right. Um, so. He's probably out of contention. Vasilevsky, he has not had a normal year. Uh, he's had some real stinkers of games this year. Um, I know because he's on my fantasy team. And he lets <laughs> in seven. It just drives me crazy. Uh, you know, again, most valuable to his team, UC Soros. You know, Nashville's not in the hunt without him. Um I wish there was two goalie awards, not just yeah, guys. Yeah, William the
1: Jennings, Jennings award. Yeah. The Jennings
0: award. Yeah, yeah. What's, what's the Jennings? That's GAA,
1: right? Best, yeah. Or it's best save percentage between it's.
0: it's yeah. It's, it's basically like a stat one. I wish there was like a heart trophy that literally was just for goalies. Like what's the most valuable goalie to a team? Take all the goalies in the league. Who's who's the most valuable to their team, like? Right. Because I feel like that that's not necessarily the Vezna winner all the time. No, and, I, I
1: agree.
0: I you know, it. like like Allmark's been great. Don't get me wrong, but Swayman's been pretty great too. You know, and that's why they're they're dividing things well. You know, and it's And that's my point. Uh, yeah, yeah, I get it. And because you're right, he's like. He doesn't have the heavy workload. He's got great numbers, but he doesn't have the heavy workload that all these other guys do. Right. So, but you can't deny he's been really great, and and I give him credit, you know.
2: No, I, I, listen, there, there's no doubt about it, and I, I think it's a great story because I liked him when he was out in Buffalo. Back when they yeah. were awful, he was just getting lit up every night. It felt bad for the guy.
0: felt so, bad, yeah. Because you know, really he was so play. good in Rochester, exactly. I mean,
2: and it's really nice to see him have this kind of success. It's just with me, and maybe I'm old school, and I'm still used to the workhorse goalie, that kind of thing. I just can't I can't bring myself to say, "Oh, a guy who only played in just over half of his team's games is the best." That's a very pick. I can't do it. So for that, my my vote's going with Hellebuck. I'm telling you. Because just for the simple reason, Winnipeg is nowhere near a playoff spot without him. And if he were to go down there, they're done. Whereas, say, Allmark unfortunately had, a, had some kind of an injury, swimming mm-hmm. can step right in. Yep. Well, let's be honest, Swayman can step in. Whereas there's nobody in Winnipeg that's going to do that. Um, you know, as far as Georgiev, and I think, like, Georgiev and Shostakovich are, are just mirrors of each other, especially if you look at the numbers this season. It's basically very much the same. But I think they also they're, – they're, they benefit from being on great teams as well, just like Allmark does, just like Swayman does, right? And that's not taking anything away from them. Hey, listen, you know why they're great? Because those because they play full cool for those teams too. So it's a two-way street, all right? I'm saying that for me and for my vote, Connor Hollabuck has played in almost 75% of his team's games and putting up the kind of numbers that he has. Well, not as good as Allmark's. Still, he's been in there more, and he has been a far greater reason to his team's success. Not, not far. I shouldn't I shouldn't say it like that. But he has been more of a reason for his team's success than all Marquez.
0: Yeah, I would agree. And the third string in Boston is Kincaid, correct?
2: No, he got no. traded out to Colorado.
1: Yeah, got he's third. To Colorado.
0: But yeah, he was so, there all year, Kincaid?
1: Brandon, yes. Yeah, he was third string. Brandon, he was okay uh, till
0: the trade deadline. Then they moved him. Yeah,
2: yeah, because Brandon Busey's been lighting it up in Providence for, for, uh, well, the baby Bruins, or you want to call him. So,
0: I feel bad for Keith Kincaid. I know. I I hope. I hope he has like a Tim Thomas type of career, where like all of a sudden at the end he gets a shot and he lights it up. Because I don't think he got a fair shot in Jersey, and you know. He, you know, in the Rangers, he was a third string. He got to play a few games, did well for him. Yeah, um, but, uh, you know, he's he's been kind of relegated to this AHL, NHL borderline. Right, and uh, right. I don't think it's fair. I, I mean, you know, Toronto's, Toronto's looking for goalies. <laughs> like, a lot of teams are looking for goalies. and I think a lot of teams slept on Keith Kincaid. Well, like...
1: Toronto, Toronto's too busy bringing back Cujo for a game, so. Yes. <laughs> are they really? Yeah, Cujo feels the cat's going to be it. Yeah, Cujo, uh, Cujo was their e-bug uh, yesterday. Awesome. Or two days ago. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, they, they caught him bringing his gear into the arena, and somebody asked him, what are you doing? He's like, I'm the e-bug. Because <laughs> Matt Murray got injured. Again. No way. Matt Murray injured again. What a shame. No. I can't believe it. <laughs> Honestly, like, and I feel bad for anybody who gets injured in the NHL. I don't care who they are. If they get hurt, I feel bad for them. Yeah, oh, absolutely. But it's so fitting that it happens to Toronto year in and year out. <laughs> I um, would love every one of those players on the Maple Leafs if they weren't Maple Leafs. It's, I think that's how every Rangers fan feels about Tom Wilson, isn't it, Mazzotti?
0: I kind of just hate him.
1: <laughs> okay, okay. I kind, especially
0: this. after this last game we played against them, he was taking all kinds of cheap shots, trying to get everybody going. You know, to play. You could see the Rangers going like, "Where are you guys in the standings? Have fun golfing in two weeks." Yeah, right, like, right. They're, they're, they weren't biting at all. Like no, we're um, not. We're not fighting against the guy who's not even making the playoffs. Have a good time, like.
1: Masadi, I got one realistic question for you. If will uh, dystopian, other universe here, Tom Wilson's a ranger. Do you love him?
0: Probably, if he mm-hmm. like didn't you know, do what he did, but. Like I don't know. Like even like like I'm a big Sean Avery fan, right? And uh, I, I read his book. I've even actually DM'd directly with Sean Avery. Um, Did he yell at you? About bike lane? What's
1: that? Did he yell at you about bike lanes?
0: No, he was yelling at me about COVID stuff, and I had to put him <laughs> in this place. Um, <laughs> I put it in place and I said, big fan, Sean, big fan. But you're absolutely <laughs> wrong. Sorry. Stop, stop spreading crap. You know, like oh. you're getting people killed. Like. Theo
1: Flurry's real bad. I follow Theo Flurry on Twitter just for that.
0: <laughs> and, um. And, and it's just. But it, going through Sean's book. Cause, cause I, uh. I went through Sean's uh, book. I got an audio book of it. And, um there's a but, like he admits like he was such an agitator and that that became such a part of his game that in the end, it ended up being too big of a distraction. And that's really what ended his career. Yeah. It wasn't that he couldn't play anymore. He retired way too early, like so much that he tried to come back last year and it was too late, you know? So, you know, he definitely had more in the tank but he didn't want to keep dealing with these frustrations. In the end, he was hurting the Rangers. Every little thing he did was a penalty. Every single game. It yeah, didn't matter. Up, forget about he it. farted in a guy's direction. It was two minutes. Yep. Like, it was it. And and it was it was a big problem. And the rest of his game was really good. You're talking, you know, he won Stanley Cups. Like, forget that. Like, he won with Detroit and stuff. Like, it's... It's, it's a shame because I like that part of the game. I like that part of the game. However, that can't be your only part of the game. And that can't be your life jacket. You know, when things are going bad, I'm going to be the agitation. That's not always the thing to go to, you know, so...
1: And where I really like Sean Avery... And
0: I think that's Wilson's problem. I think when the rest of his game goes down, he resorts to that, and it only gets them in trouble. And I don't like
1: that. But the one yeah. thing I can say, which I respect Sean Avery for, is Sean Avery never went out of his way to deliberately injure somebody. He would just poke and prod and be annoying. Yeah, I, I he's can't more really- of a pest. Yeah, I really can't think of an instance where he goes out of his way to try to injure somebody where with Tom Wilson you have the Oscar Sunkfist hit. You have him ragdolling Artemi Panarin because he's just Dude, doing-
0: they showed that replay again. It looks so bad. And, and and for there not to have been any penalty. Like it's just absolutely ridiculous.
1: I agree. I'm I'm 100% on your side. Tom Wilson goes out of his way to try to hurt people and they, they, that's what needs to be taken out of the game. The the deliberate you know, I, I'm just going to jump into a hit and see where it goes. And the the carefree attitude of, of where he hits people, he's going to get, he's going to ruin somebody's career. Yeah. I mean, yes. Well,
2: there's, there's something to be said for that for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, he's one of those guys, if he was on your team, you'd love to have him on your team. That's <laughs> kind of goes without saying. Um but let's uh, – I'll tell you what. Let's move on to the Norris because, Mazzotti, you were talking earlier about how with, with the Vesna, there should be like a Vesna trophy and then there should be like an MVP for the goalie. This is one area that I think there should be two awards because yes. the Norris oftentimes just goes to the defenseman that scored the most points, but who isn't necessarily the best defenseman, right? So yeah. I would love to see either a Norris and either a Bobby Orr Trophy to go to the, the highest scoring defenseman, or a Norris and say a Rod Langway trophy for the best, you know, defensive say who had the best best defensive defenseman, right? But we don't have that, so for right now, there's what I've come up with uh, for the Norris: Eric Carlson, the San Jose Sharks, 77 games played, 22 goals, 74 assists with 96 points. Dougie Hamilton from the New Jersey Devils. He's got 21 goals and 52 assists for 73 points. And Quinn Hughes from the Vancouver Canucks—he only has seven or seven goals, but he's got 66 assists, which makes 73 points.
1: Is there anybody I left off of this list? And who should get the award? I uh, I think until until he shows us that he he shouldn't be on this list, uh, I think Adam Fox should always be on this list. Personally, um, Hampus Lindholm. Um, there's so many. There's been so many good defensive plays players this year. Um, you know, I think Carlson personally. I know he's had a great year. Ninety-six points is nothing really to to, to scoff at, but he hasn't dragged his team anywhere. They're still they're still in the hunt for Bedard. Um, <laughs> the um, but personally, you know, and same thing with um, Quinn Hughes. You know, it sucks to say, but they're they're not making. They're out. Um, you know what's impressed me about Quinn Hughes, though? He's
2: actually playing defense this year. Yeah. He's a plus fourteen on a, a bad yep. Vancouver team. On uh, a bad team.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> a, <that's laughs> a really, bad, really bad team. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, personally, Dougie Hamilton, Adam Fox – I, I know Brent Burns doesn't have the points this year, but you could always toss Brent Burns in there because he made an impact with that Carolina Hurricanes team. Yeah,
2: he's 13th amongst defensemen with 57 points, uh, 14 goals, 43 assists, so obviously the tools are still there.
1: Yeah, um, he just doesn't have the workload like he did in San Jose, which I, let's say his age, he's doing great. Um, it's going to go to Eric Carlson. 96 yeah. points, it's it's going to go to Eric Carlson. I personally think it should be playoff teams only. Um, <laughs> the, realistically, what good are you if you're not making the playoffs?
2: Yeah. You know, but I, that would have that disqualified Mario Lemieux from any award up until about 1989.
0: So, I mean, Adam Fox won the year the Rangers didn't make the playoffs. You know, they came close. Um,
1: but every game was a playoff. Okay, yeah, you're right. You know, they came down. It
0: came that that was the year the league got canceled at the end because of COVID. Then they went to the the COVID Cup tournament, the to playing tournament, or whatever. Um, and, and Adam Adam Fox won that pretty handedly. Uh, I do think he should be in contention, but it's 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 likely going to be a runaway with Carlson. I do like Quinn Hughes. Um, I would be interested to see uh, how this gets voted because I don't know how many people actually like, like Eric Carlson. Um, and it's just that to me, it's the oddest turnaround ever. Like, it really is. This, this guy went from a dumpster fire for a couple of years in, in San Jose to now he's the leading point getter in the NHL for defensemen. Like, is this just, you know, a, a factor of Anaheim having no defense? Like, I mean, what <laughs> – what, I don't get it. Like, is say- it just them dining out on, on Anaheim and Arizona all year? I don't know. Like – It
1: has to be. I mean, in all In, all in fairness, Vancouver
2: and – Yeah. In all fairness to Eric Carlson, he did have Achilles surgery a couple seasons ago. And they do say yeah. there's about a full year timeline before you're really fully recovered from that. So, um, obviously, he's not the defensive stall. He's never been a defensive stalwart. He's been no. right? he's been a fourth never. forward. Never. He's, for he's always, so actually he's always been a defensive liability. To be perfectly honest, he's a he's a fourth forward. Let's just call it what it is. Yeah. Right. He's a fourth forward. Which is he, and he is the exact guy that I'm talking about when I say there should be like a Bobby Orr Award.
0: I feel Honestly, I feel the same way about Dougie Hamilton, kind of. Except Dougie Hamilton does play better defense than Eric Carlson. Right. Like, you know, but he's definitely a a defense. Dougie Hamilton's also a defenseman that's very offensive-minded, like extremely. And, And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but when you're giving an award for the best defenseman, shouldn't it, like you said, shouldn't it be for a guy that actually, like, Plays defense a good amount of the time, right. and when you get when you see when I see Quinn Hughes, Josh Morrissey, and Rasmus Dahlin here in the top five as well, I'd rather give it to either any of those three guys over Carlson or Hamilton.
2: Dahlin's you know, a wrecking ball. <laughs> you know, you mentioned Dahlin. I mean, what a what a turnaround for him. He's finally grown into that number one overall pick uh, hype that he came into the league with. And the tools were always there. It was just a matter of everything coming together, and it really did come together for him this season.
1: It did, but also look at it's—it's it's starting to come together for Buffalo. Things are right. starting to take shape. You know, it was about—it about a matter of time for him. Yeah, it, it was. It really—I think he was kind of hindered with the the bad coaching and the bad. Oh, in
2: That Buffalo team
1: for years.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. I totally agree with that. Totally agree. Uh, but, I got to tell you something though. My vote would go with Dougie Hamilton. I just, I never thought of Carlson as a, a defenseman. I just, I can't put that out of my head. And and here's the thing too, right? With the new, the turnaround that New Jersey had this year, somebody's got to win something, right? I mean, at some point, Vanacek's not going to win the, the Vesna. No. He was missed some time. He's not going to miss. He's not going to win the heart, right? Nobody's going to win the Rocket Richard Award, but somebody somewhere has got to be recognized for something. So,
0: you, me, give, you, can, you can give Hughes a
1: selfie. Yeah. yeah. That, that's the Bergeron yeah. Award. That's going to yeah, be the Bergeron Award. They, oh. they, they
2: just keep that at Patrice Bergeron's house, and that's it. Yeah. Even after he retires, they're
0: just going to keep it. I will football. be sick if he wins it again this year, really. Or, he does or, not or, deserve God. it. He does not deserve it. <laughs> but um, as far as Norris goes, I also like to state that Miro Hishkinen's had a great year. and. Yeah. And probably the biggest surprise in this top ten is Brandon Montour, who's been, you know, outstanding for Florida on a Florida team that's had a ton of ups and downs. He's still a plus nine. He's sitting with sixty-seven points, fourteen goals, fifty-three assists. You know, and he's been their best guy. Well, you want you know, on a team that has know. Aaron Ekblad, Brandon Montour has been their best guy.
2: You know what it was? He took full advantage of an opportunity when Ekblad got hurt and Mackenzie Weger got shipped out of town in the offseason. There was his yep. openings, and kudos to him for, you're right, taking full advantage yeah. of that. Took yeah, it, man.
0: went to the top ten in defenseman for the league. Yeah. I that's mean, cool. that's that's outstanding, yeah, you know? Really and, and there's no award for, like, best improved defenseman yeah. or something like that, but he would win it hands down, I think. I, I don't see how you couldn't.
1: You know who
2: else had a quietly had a great year as far as it's done? Vince Dunn. I'll yeah. Yeah. Nobody talked about it. Nobody. But I mean, he's got 13 goals, 50 assists, 63 points. Guys, he's a plus 26. Yeah. You know, it, but it was so quiet. Nobody knew anything about what was like Vince Dunn. Oh, yeah. Wasn't that the guy who was a third pair in, in St. Louis kind of washed out. They took him out in the expansion draft. Forgot all about. Well, here he is.
1: He's back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, Ed, who's your pick? Honestly, my I, it's gonna be Eric Carlson, ninety six points. Um, I hate to see it go to him. I'd like to see it go to somebody who made the playoffs. Um, I'd like to see Dougie Hamilton or, you know, even even Brandon Montour or um, Miro Heiskanen. Well, it's gonna be Eric Carlson. The the league doesn't fail to disappoint me. <laughs> How about you, Bazzotti? i
0: I I mean I think the the writers you know, don't have any stones and they're just going to vote for Carlson. But I don't think, I don't think it should just be flattened away. The guy with the most points, just give it to him. I, I don't, I don't think that makes you the best defenseman. I and yeah, it, when you're a team that like, I mean, Eric Carlson's not doing his team any favors these days. They went from being first in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes to like, <laughs> now they're like fifth or sixth they are not getting him. No way, they keep points, way to keep winning games. Winning games that don't mean anything. Like Carlson can't get anything right in his career. Like <laughs> win the games that mean something, kid, and lose the games that mean something to lose. You're doing it backwards. Like, no. I, I wouldn't give it. I'd go with Quinn Hughes all day. If I was voting, I would go with Quinn Hughes.
2: All right. Interesting. Very, very interesting. We all we
1: all have a different pick. I like it. I like it a lot. Can we talk about who's the best defensive defenseman? Because I know who that is by landslide. You gonna say Lindholm? No, I'm gonna say Truba.
0: Oh, Truba!
1: Truba's yeah. so I Truba's the scariest guy in the league. Why? Right,
0: because he actually hits a guy.
1: Because he actually well no not just that he cleanly does it.
2: Uh, I, I think there's tell... a there's a few people that would disagree with that statement, my friend. He they don't call him is... Bose for nothing.
1: He... He's so good.
0: He's so overpaid.
1: He's overpaid. For, you're also paying him for that veteran leadership. I'm like, I'm very, On a know, team
0: full of veteran leadership? Yeah. Well, I know. The, the
1: veteran leadership is the, the Patrick Canes and all that. You know, they're they're fairly new. But when he got there, he was. They were pretty young.
0: Overpaid? Yes, he was overpaid the second he got all, there.
1: They I was to, take so a DLP act to get him. I think Truba is so good. I'm trying to pump your tires here, Masadi. <laughs> <happening?
0: laughs> Listen, like like a Yankee fan, I'm a, I'm a New York sports fan. Nobody can hate their team more than I do. Uh, <laughs> no, and,
1: I'm uh, a Boston sports fan. I,
0: right. and, and and Truba, like I didn't like him getting the captain this year. <laughs> I didn't agree with it. Uh, everyone's like, oh, the great moment that, like, he threw his helmet and told the team to wake up. I'm like, that was five games too late, like, in my opinion. Like, they were on – they are playing such crap for, like, two weeks. And he's like, wake up. Like, yeah, Truva, where was this two weeks ago? Like, don't wait to go into a – you know, you're the leader. Like, what are you guys doing? Like, yeah. Get yeah. me started on Truba. yeah well, Yeah. You know. Check every time the Rangers get scored on. Who's the fuck? Who's the defenseman on the ice? Nine times out of ten, the guy who scored was Jacob Trouba's responsibility. I'm telling you, he's not yeah. even in this top thirty, top forty for defensemen.
1: Well, I'm, yeah, definitely. he also I didn't get a goal players, until <laughs> until the second Chicago game, like a month ago.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. But but I mean, assists, nothing. His shot. His shot is the most undeadly thing in the NHL. Like, nine times out of 10, it misses the net by about five feet. Uh, eh. I don't even know why they have him on a power play. They should not. They should yeah, not. No, Keandre Miller. Keandre Miller makes Truba look good. I'll tell you that much. Keandre Miller is the, is the defenseman on the that deep pair.
2: Okay, moving right along. <laughs> <Absolutely. laughs> that Calder trophy the best rookie in the league uh, uh three I, candidates I again again add if you want uh first one maddie benares the seattle kraken 75 games played 22 goals 32 assists for 54 points and then matthias michelli from the arizona coyotes he's got 10 goals 36 assists for 45 points and last but certainly not least former number one overall pick of the buffalo Sabers, owen power 73 games played four goals 27 assists for 33 points Gentlemen, was there anybody that was left off of this list
1: and who should win it? I think Maddie Berniers is far and above the winner of this. Um, nothing against Owen Powers. Um, I think Owen Powers is going to be a great player. Um, the kid from Arizona, he's going to be great as long as he gets out of Arizona. Um, but Owen Powers, he kind of was a spark plug on that team. Really, when you think of it, they were, they no one expected them to make the playoffs, and they're currently sitting in a playoff spot. You, you got to think Maddie Bernier has to be some sort of catalyst in that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I'll tell you, I had a hard time picking between Owen Power and believe it or not, Stuart Skinner, the goaltender from Edmonton, right? So, is he a rookie? He's, he's a rookie. He's 26 14 and five, got a 9 11 state percentage and a 2.84 goals against average. Um, Skinner really, looks
1: like he's forty seven years old. I,
2: I know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know, I don't I don't even know what how to say or how to respond to that.
1: But anyways, I mean, <laughs> I mean Scott, you look sixty four years old. So.
2: Well, I'm getting there, so <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, I also kind of looked at it as uh, Edmonton can outscore a lot of mistakes. And Skinner really didn't turn it on until the last month or so. you know, so on the overall picture, I went with power. But was there anybody that I left off of this list
1: that you guys think should have been on? Realistically, no. Yeah. I, I can't mis- – I, I didn't even know about the kid from Arizona.
2: Yeah, well, again, it's because he's out in Arizona.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I have
0: kid. trouble even knowing who rookies are because every every, every good time, like the guy's in his second season, I still consider him a rookie.
1: Yeah, I can see that. Because
0: I'm like, oh, I'm like, uh, what about that, like uh, Marshman kid? And oh no, he's not a rookie. Uh, yeah. Troy Terry, oh uh, no, he's not a rookie. <laughs> like, um, I knew at the start of the year it was going to be Maddie Um I actually made it, uh, him my last draft pick in fantasy, and then uh, I didn't hang tough with him, and I let him go too early, and he got snatched up and. And ran No, no, nobody dropped him the rest of the (laughs) – Yeah, that
1: was your
0: mistake, pal. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, and he's outstanding. Like, when you see him on the ice, you notice him immediately. Um, uh, You know, there's nobody else that I can think of that I'm just like – that has – even that – I mean, he has the intensity of – of skating like like McDavid and, and these guys that you notice immediately, McKinnon, where you're like, who the hell is that? And then they're like McKinnon, you're like, oh, of course, yeah. you know what I mean. Right. And I, I feel that uh, I feel that Beneers is definitely going to be that next name, you know. That's like who the hell? Oh, it's Beneers. Yep, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, that makes sense, you know. Like yeah. so, I don't see how they don't how he doesn't get a Calder Trophy. Uh, I think he should get it take a nice picture with it, and send it to Sidney Crosby. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I think I think you're absolutely right. Um, <laughs> I think uh, with, with him, obviously with Seattle being in a playoff spot right now, which nobody expected, obviously it's a team effort, but he's had a huge part of that. Big the part. One thing, the one thing that Matty Berniers did for the Seattle Kraken, not only getting into a playoff contention, but they, they he afforded them the luxury of not having to rush Shane Wright. Yes, because let's not yeah. forget about that too, right? He I totally forgot he was forward. cracking. Yeah, and because of Benir's playing the way he has, they don't have to rush him. They can let him develop. They don't have to put all that pressure on him right away. So that's the other big thing. And I think, yeah, I, listen, Michelli's a nice story out of Arizona. It's you know good for him. You know, happy for him uh, having a great season again. Same thing with Owen Power, but. You know, Owen Power also doesn't have to have the pressure be the number one defenseman, right? You got Rasmus Staline there for that, another yeah, fellow number one overall okay. pick. Whereas Baneers is the guy; he is the guy in Seattle, and I think he's handled it very well and
0: very deserving of the Calder. Let's trophy. put it this way: right now, by the standings, could Seattle afford to give up eight points? Hmm. Well,
2: let me pull the standings up here.
1: I don't think
0: they could afford to give up eight points. Let's see. If Seattle lost eight points right now, that would put them at 82 points. No. Uh, Honestly. They, they, they would no. be out of playoffs.
2: They would definitely be out of playoffs.
0: Right. And and Manny Beniers has four game winning goals this year. Yeah. So that's eight points directly attributed to Manny Beniers. Um. He yeah. put them in the playoffs. Yeah,
2: that's I, it. I totally agree. Yeah, I agree. And it's not out of the realm of possibility they can still get in the top three in that Pacific division either. Kind of oh, happy.
0: I wish they would. It's a tough I wish game. they would because I'm dreading Edmonton LA series. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I feel like. I don't know. I I don't know who I'd want to drop down. I think I want Edmonton to drop out of that top three, but I don't think it's gonna happen. That would be
1: that would be hilarious. <laughs> I would Let's love to you. see Connor McDavid just just implode, implode. Guys, that will request a trade at the at offseason. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, if they slipped into that first wild card, they'd have to play Vegas first round. I think that would be a lot of fun. Edmonton Vegas first
2: round. <laughs> that would be actually. That would be. Yeah. So, guys, we got one more to cover here. The Jack Adams for the best coach. Bazzotti, what do you think some candidates should be for the uh, Jack Adams?
0: You know, I don't think he's going to win it, and I don't hear people talking about it. Obviously, people are talking about Boston's coach. Um, yeah, He's done a great job this year, you know, obviously.
1: Jim Montgomery's a good coach.
0: Yeah, but and he'll probably get it. He'll probably run away with it. Honestly, for my money this year, especially with the rough start that they had and people were calling for him to be fired two weeks into the season uh, so badly that the fan base apologized to the coach in the rink. I think you might know where I'm going with this. is yeah. Wendy Ruff.
1: Yeah. Wendy Ruff, man. Yeah, exactly. He's done
0: a hell of a job with New Jersey this year with those kids. You know, for people that had written him off as being a coach, after being a coach in Buffalo for so many years, he came. He was an assistant coach with the Rangers, uh, even as of last year. Uh, was it last year he left or the year before? Two years ago. Two years ago. Two years Okay, so the, two years ago, we, the Devils came to the Rangers, asked if they could. You know, and how nice of the Rangers. They could have told them, no, go. Go eat a shoe. No, no way. <laughs> like, we're not giving you, we're not helping you for nothing. Are you kidding me, New Jersey? Like, uh, that's like awesome. but no, New York doesn't play like that. I feel like, no, we love Lindy. If he wants to go be your head coach, let him go be your head coach. I am not remember that.
2: Go eat
0: a shoe. I love it. <laughs> so, uh, and he's in and, and really, you know, they would. And they were, the fans are chanting "Fire Lindy" two weeks into the season and a month into the season. They're chanting "Sorry, Lindy." <laughs> so you know, <laughs> he was showing the New Jersey fans just you know how humble they are. <laughs> they're wrong uh, because they've done an outstanding job. I still think that they they're going to win the division. Um, I think they're gonna take Carolina. They're still just, you know, three points back with a few games to go, but Carolina man, Carolina, I don't people are, you know, sleeping that they're they're doing well because they're not. <laughs> because no, they won last night, but they had they had a two nothing lead that they blew and then they had to win it in overtime and there's no three on three in the playoffs, Carolina. Good luck when that changes to six on six hockey indefinitely when like, yeah. you can't get you you don't have all that open ice. Like so uh, that's another reason I hate the three and three, but that's another topic. Uh, but um, I, I really think Lindy Ruff for my money should be the Jack Adams winner. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean I, I can't disagree with either one of those picks. I was about to throw one more out at you too. Dave Haxtell from the Seattle Kraken, the job that he did up there. Not much to work with, but got everybody to bought in or buy in. Uh, yeah. Obviously, he's not going to win it. Um, and I, I love what Lindy Ruff has done. I, I really do. Um, but I don't think there's any way. Uh, there's no way that Jim Montgomery doesn't win this award. Yeah, just, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's. There's just not.
1: It's not going to happen. First year with the team. and You know, it's, and it's, he's a nice nonsense. story,
2: too. You know, he had his problems. He came, you know, he, he worked on them, resolved them. He came back. <coughs> and, and now he's, you know, he's the coach of the President's Cup winning team. Uh, you know, obviously, Lindy Ruff deserves a lot of credit for what he did, especially when you think about it, too. It wasn't just the fans, right? It was really management saying to him, Oh, we're bringing in uh, uh, was Andrew Brene after he got fired out of Florida. They say, Hey, by the way, he, he was just a head coach that was in the playoffs. And we're going to put him on your bench with you? No pressure. Mm. No pressure or nothing at all. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. But your replacement is sitting right next to you, you know? <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think if Boston doesn't do what they did this season, then it's Lindy Ruff all the way. But, yeah, I I think with this one, it, it's got be, to be Jim Montgomery. Got to be.
0: Is there anybody in the West you think should be in consideration?
2: You know – I like,
0: <laughs>
2: I, you know, I, I wanted to say Todd McClellan, just, you know, I, not trying to be the Homer Kings guy. He's done a great job insofar as what they've, you know, had to deal with as well. Um, but I have to say, too, in this, you know, we've talked about how loaded this team is with talent, and I can't believe I hear myself saying this, but look what Pete DeVore did in Dallas.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, you know? that's what I was thinking.
2: Pete, Pete DeVore, I mean, listen, Dallas was a good team. They've been a great team this year. And we all know that there's a massive difference between being a good team and a great team. Um, well, I just think that there was so much talent already there that you can't really put him over the top in any kind of a Jack Adams conversation, at least not over what Montgomery or –
0: Right, was. right. But DeVore, like, should be recognized. I think that he should be a nomination because he just keeps doing it. Like, yeah. it, it, and trust me, I hate it because every team he goes to, just about, except for Dallas, I can't stand. And, like, he goes, the Devils, they turn into a playoff team. Like, he goes, this team, they turn into a playoff team. Like, he's like, you know, except, you know, he, he I think he's actually won playoff series, unlike Bruce Boudreaux, right? So, like, it's, it's, he's, he's the next incarnation of Bruce Boudreaux because right. uh, they make the playoffs. You get him, you make the playoffs. That's it. That's what people, GMs need to say when they're going to hire Pete DeBoer. Yeah. Well, if we get him, we're going to make the playoffs. We might not win the cup, but we're going to make the playoffs yeah. if we get Pete DeBoer. Yeah.
1: You My know, team Pete DeBoer is he always leaves teams worse than when he got there. <laughs> well, he, he, he seems to lose the room. That's what seems to get him out of town. Yeah. Like, his message goes so far,
0: but it doesn't go many seasons, like, apparently.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he just he just leaves teams just dead on the side of the road. Yeah. Scorched earth tactics. Yeah.
0: It's not his fault though. No. It, it's the fault of them making the playoffs with him. See, they make the playoffs, the GM goes and trades all their first round picks for the next three years because they're making the playoffs. Then they lose in the first or second round. Then they fire the coach because they don't know what to do. And now the roster's depleted and people think it's the coach's fault. Not the coach's fault.
1: Yeah, like, sure. he didn't. All he did, All game he game did game was game. get the team to the playoffs. <laughs> and you know what? Pete DeMore, I've heard, is a very pleasant guy, like a very nice guy. And unlike his replacement in Vegas, Bruce Cassidy, who I've heard nothing but bad things about as, as, as a person, as a person, <laughs> absolute, just wretched human. Well, you, that'll be
2: another discussion for another time. Let's just put it that way. Uh, <laughs> well, that was fun. You know, we, we got the major awards out of the way. I mean, you know, maybe later, you know, a few weeks we can do the, the more minor awards and all that. But, you know, I think we. And I
0: know, Selke, I know the Selkie, I know the Selkie always goes to Bergeron, but just quick, the Selkie, I think Zabinajad should be in the, the nominee.
2: I'm going to be curious to see who the nominees are for that, to be honest. Yeah. With you. I'm going to be very curious.
1: It's going to be Bergeron, Kopitar, and some random guy. <laughs> and
0: don't forget the coveted Marc Messier Award.
1: Yes, we can. We all know that. the high
0: requirements to get yeah. that award. You I'm need to gonna... be selected by Mark Messier. Yes. <laughs>
1: really? <Mark laughs> Mac- yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. it. A- yeah. He picks
0: the award winner. It's whoever he wants.
2: Yeah. yeah I-, I wonder how many emails and texts he gets from players. Hey, man, have you looked at my- what I did this year? You know.
0: I would love it if he was just like, Matt Sucarello. A- <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 hey. just pick. Yeah, I like him. I like him. He gives Uh, a lot of heart. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Uh, I'll tell you what, boys. Why don't we close this show out like we always do with the Zamboni Time Machine. The Zamboni Time Machine is brought to you by Zamboni.com, and the Zamboni name is used with permission. This week, the Zamboni Time Machine takes us back to 1970 when Charlie Finley bought the California Golden Seals. At the time of the purchase, Finley was a flamboyant owner of the equally flamboyant Oakland A's baseball team. The Seals had come into the NHL in 1967 and were already struggling as a franchise, so it was hoped that Finley would bring his outrageous marketing ideas from his other ventures to hockey and in the process turn the team around. One of the first things Finley did as owner of the Oakland A's was to change the team's colors to green and gold. So, of course, that's what the, that was the first thing he did with, as the new owner of the Seals. Another thing he did with his baseball team was to make his players wear white cleats, so it made sense to Finley to have his hockey players wear white skates as well. Finley's lack of hockey background was obvious, and the players refused to wear them. Undaunted, Charlie showed up unannounced and made his general manager at the time, Bill Torrey, yes, that Bill Torrey, go down to the locker room and make the players wear the skates. Finley decided he didn't like them after all, and instead came up with green, gold, and white skates for the Seals to wear. Believe it or not, this actually struck a chord with traditional powers like the Toronto Maple Leafs and Detroit Red Wings, who briefly implemented skates in their team colors with their uniforms. Another one of Finley's ideas didn't pan out so well either, and that was to have a live seal as a mascot. The idea lasted one game, as the seal was brought out to center ice right before the national anthem was played. It barked and flapped for a minute, but then it must have gotten tired because it decided to take a nap right at the center ice faceoff dot. So <laughs> suffice it, it say, <laughs> it took the entire crew to drag the sleeping creature off the ice so the game could start. <laughs> and that, my friends, concludes this week's trip on the Zamboni Time Machine. I think the NHL needs
1: more of that. But should I, that have
0: been an omen for that franchise? No. <laughs> can,
1: can I just say, as a, as somebody who grew up playing hockey, you see these football players with like the cleats that you can just basically swap colors out and do stuff like that. Baseball players, same thing. Basketball players have a million shoes they could choose from it and a million different color waves. Why do we just get stuck with black hockey skates? Like, yeah, like they have some new modern stuff. Like, the what is it? They I forgot what they call them, but they're like vinyl stickers that you could customize and put them on the side of the boot. But you don't see players wearing it, besides like Ovechkin during when he plays for Russia, yeah. and Matthews when he plays the Justin Bieber game every year. Yeah, it's I don't know. That's a, you know what I think you should
2: email Gary Bettman about
0: that. You know what if I, I Gary... bet you anything it has to do with pucks hitting the st- the skates.
2: Probably.
0: Yeah, because you don't want them being all scuffed up and stuff. You know, if they were like white like that, they would have black marks all over them, right?
1: Well, so like... they, would, they they paint. He, he he got like house paint and made them paint the skates for the first time, and then when they were getting the black scuffs, they'd repaint them, and they uh they were like these skates are way too heavy eventually yeah. the layers just got old because i've read i've heard about the the oakland seals and all their uh antics this the the seal in center ice was new to me was new to me but the rest of it was fairly common you know i've yeah. stuff i've read but like the vinyl stickers they're, they're easy to remove easy to put on i'm thinking right. about getting a set for the rats and just wearing rats rat skates well, I'll tell you that would be interesting to see. But for the time
2: being, I know I have to go because I gotta go to a uh, well, I gotta go to a meeting for my, my kids schedule at the, at the school and all that. But this has been a lot of fun. We I gotta tell you guys. School. We should yeah, I know, I know. But uh, but again, let's do this next week because it was yes. so much fun this week. Yes. That, Sounds man? good.
1: Yes. All right. All so righty. for Ed
2: Stefaniak, for Christmas Audio, I'm Scott Kimball. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week on Marty's Illegal Stick.
0: Tim Coffeen would feel the pressure and excitement. With his own podcast on the Sports History Network called Tim Coffeen Talks IndyCar and Racing History, Tim will share those very same racing emotions and memories with his listeners. Learn, laugh, and enjoy the world of IndyCar Racing through the eyes of Tim Coffeen. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to Sports. HistoryNetwork.com forward slash podcasts. Again, that's Sports forward slash podcasts. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.